Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. God bless you guys. Had a great weekend down in Illinois, preaching at a Calvary Chapel there in Lake Villa. And uh, on my way there, just couldn't believe how many churches you pass by in uh, that pepper the landscape, so to speak, that are all over the place. But um, we'll talk about that another time. I want to read from this brand new book, Spirit of the Antichrist, by J.B. Hickson, because he's our guest today. We're going to open up the podcast by giving you a little flavor of what this book tackles. From the preface, little did I know when I began preparing for the fall of 2019 for my 2020 Mid-America Prophecy Conference message that by the time I actually started presenting the material, we would be in the throes of a worldwide crisis. Each week, the information in my presentations became more and more relevant. The world was witnessing deception and tyranny on a global scale like never before, and most people were oblivious. Things were happening so fast, I could scarcely keep up. I concluded that series in late 2020, but world events by no means slowed down. Rigged elections, civil unrest, staged insurrections, medical tyranny— and many more pivotal events unfolded over the next year. It is all unsettling. I'm sorry, it is all settling the state, set, setting the stage for the one world satanically inspired government that the Bible predicts will emerge in the end times. And just a couple more sentences from the epilogue of the book. Things are not always as they appear. We live in a frightening world of deception and hidden agendas. It is a world of spiritual realities, cosmic battles, unseen em- unseen enemies, and demonic principalities. When we wake up to the world as it really is, it can be terrifying. Yet, wake up we must if we are to navigate a world where the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and active. Thankfully, we have a Savior who promised never to leave us or Forsake us. Today's guest, Dr. J.B. Hickson, author, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel near Denver, Colorado, the founder of Not By Works Ministries. He's written 10 books and now has a riveting brand new book we will discuss now called Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. J.B., welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth, brother. Hey, David, so great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me on. Oh, you're most welcome, brother, and, and I thank you for sending me the book. Do I understand that today is the first day you can officially order and receive the book? You bet, yep. The um, book goes on sale today. It's only available right now at the Not By Works website. Uh, we like to keep our money uh, and not give it away to big tech like Amazon, at least for now. Um, but yeah, it uh, premieres this morning, so you can get it uh, uh, at the Not By Works website, or we set up a separate landing page, spiritoftheantichrist.org. Spiritoftheantichrist.org. So, um, JB, there's going to be a lot we're going to attempt to cover today in a short amount of time. So a lot of people are ready for it, but then a lot are feeling, uh-oh, People can easily get overwhelmed. Would you mind opening us in prayer and just asking that the Lord would prepare our hearts for the conversation? Absolutely. I was hoping we could do that. It's it's definitely, we've seen uh, an uptick in some of the spiritual attacks over yes. just the last week even. And so, yeah, we want to bathe this time in prayer. Amen. Uh, Father, thank you so much for David Fiorazzo and Stand Up For The Truth and all that they do really to advance the gospel and to stand firm for the truth. And thank you for the privilege of being able to uh, um, present this material today on their program. And I pray that you would just go before us, give us clarity of mind and clearness of thought, and uh, Lord, pray for uh, just protection from any uh, technological bugs or anything that the devil might try to do to prevent this message from going out. And Lord, I just pray that you would use the material that I have, uh, I have exposed in this book to really draw 
believers closer to you and equip and prepare us for what's coming down the pike. And for those who may not know you, who might have providentially tuned in today, we pray that the gospel would go forth and that the Spirit of God would convict them of their need for a Savior uh, and that they would realize that only through faith in Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, can they be saved. So we just commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, brother. Uh, Let's just start with a scripture that we can maybe you know, uh, jump off of as we dive into the conversation of your book, Spirit of the Antichrist, and that would be 1 John chapter 4, and verse 3 says, Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. That's pretty clear. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and now is already in the world. Now, that's John writing, um, how many years ago, J.B.? And, and he said, now the spirit of Antichrist is already in the world. Can you just unpack that for us a little bit before we dive into the content of your book? Yes, you bet. So the premise of the book <clears throat> is based on that verse that you just read, First John 4, 3. And uh, John wrote that in the late 90s A.D., one of the last books written in the New Testament, along with his other epistles and the book of Revelation. And uh, we need to understand that, according to Scripture, this current present age, that the church age, is what the Bible refers to several times as the last days or the last hour. In other words, if you look at a panoramic view of human history as outlined in Scripture, this church age, the present age in which we live, is the final age prior to the inauguration of the long-awaited kingdom of our Lord, Jesus Christ, when he comes back. And so we are living in the last days, and John says that in these last days, uh, the, the spirit of the Antichrist is already alive and well. Earlier in First uh, John, in chapter 2, he says that many that, that, that one Antichrist, capital A, is coming, speaking of the, the future uh, satanic tyrant that will rule the world for seven years prior to the return of Christ. But he says already many Antichrists, little a, mm-hmm. have come. And so uh, basically what I did in the book is I looked through Scripture, uh, and found a, a list of characteristics of this future Antichrist and kind of wrote them down. And then I distilled them down into the top seven characteristics of that future uh, Antichrist that will take the, the helm of the one world system. And then I said, uh, if this is what he's going to be like, and the Bible tells us that his spirit is already at work among us, mm-hmm. then we would naturally see an uptick in some of those types of characteristics in the world as we move forward and get closer and closer to the end times. And so, uh, boy, that was um, quite eye-opening. And, and really, this book is the culmination of about 15 years of, of study of uh, the Luciferian conspiracy, and we can kind of explain what that means as we, as we go forward here. Yes, um, I want to mention that you quote the great theologian Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> in your book. <laughs> but here's, here's what he said, though. This is fascinating. He said, There are three classes of people, those who see, those who see when they are shown, those who do not see. And, man, JB, just looking over the last two or three years, this is an amazing—that's where—this is being played out. There are some who choose not to see. There are some who finally see when they are shown— and there are those who first start off by seeing, and I, I put you in that category. You are one of the ones that are trying to show people what's happening so they can see. So let, let me go back and ask you, what, how did you first become interested in this topic? Yeah, it's a fascinating story, and I, I don't want to give it all away because I go into it in the introduction, mm-hmm. chapter one. Um, but uh, my journey down this road really began about 15 years ago when a, a close colleague of mine that I was working with at a college, I has I was full-time in academics for 12 years, and uh, I had been at this school. Uh, I had been the director of baccalaureate programs and uh, assistant academic dean and was teaching a full load of theology classes. And I would have lunch every day with a colleague who was a brilliant man, one of the smartest men I know, still a dear friend to this day. And uh, we he just one day started talking to me about some things that I'd never heard about. And I remember very vividly thinking as I was looking at him, uh, you know, having this sort of cognitive disconnect because I, I I respected him so deeply. He was a credentialed academician, very smart man, and I and I valued him as a friend. And yet, the things he was saying just seemed so absurd. Hmm. I, mean, I just had never heard him before. And so, uh, I because of my respect for him, I went home and started to kind of do my own research. Uh, you hear that phrase a lot today. <laughs> and I went down the rabbit hole, and man, it began a journey that um, has really been the defining. 
uh, aspect of our ministry now for several years. My first book on this subject came out 10 years ago, and it was called uh, The Great Last Day's Deception, Exposing Satan's New World Order Agenda. But this book really, and it's volume one, by the way, of what we expect to be a two-volume set, maybe more. Uh, but you know, it is uh, it is packed with uh, bibliographic citations, over 38 pages of resources at the end of showing, uh, for, you know, for people to do their own research. And uh, but it's uh, it's it's a subject that uh, I mean, it's a book that addresses subjects that a lot of people have never been exposed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we can get into some of those uh, as we kind of work through. But, yeah, it's the, the, the thing that I think separates my uh, treatment of this subject from a lot of people is that. You know, I'm coming at it from a biblical, conservative, dispensational worldview, hmm. and I believe the Bible is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. Uh, so there are a lot of um, material. There's a lot of material out there about the the great conspiracy, as it's often called, or the Luciferian conspiracy, as they call it themselves. But most people, even though there's a lot of factual information in what they're writing, they don't connect the dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a biblical perspective and God's plan of the ages. And so, um, you know, I'm a biblicist first, but boy, uh, when I began to see the world as it really exists, it just, it'll shake you to the core. Yes, yes, exactly, and big amen to that. Um, in the book description, uh, it says the rapture is closer than ever, and this book will enlighten you, startle you, and hopefully cause you to join the battle for truth in these days when the spirit of the Antichrist is so prevalent. And then you quote uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 5, and 6, you, and he's writing to Christians, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Uh, JB, your call to the church is is probably to uh, wake up, let us not sleep, let us wake others up. Um, Share a little bit about the importance of these times and getting the church engaged because we've been so before 2020, before COVID, B.C. We have been so distracted, so busy with our personal lives and maybe so focused on entertainment and other things. um, And we needed a wake up call. But man, talk about these last couple of years. So share the importance of these verses reminding us. We are the light of Christ. We are the light of the world. You are all sons of light and day, and to not sleep as others do, but watch and be sober. Yeah, I mean, I've been addressing that question in various forms for many years now, <laughs> because I, I frequently get comments from believers who who say, you know, why are you giving the devil so much uh, airtime, and why, why are you talking so much about spiritual warfare? And it's, it's frustrating sometimes, because you know, I believe in, in preaching the whole counsel of God, and, you know, Paul would not give us the instruction that he does in Ephesians if it were not important for us to see light, see the life through the lens of this uh, unseen cosmic battle that's taking place in the heavenlies. And, you know, Paul says in <clears throat> Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, Mm -hmm. because the days are evil. And I think a lot of people just miss this fundamental point that, especially, especially, by the way, in these days of kingdom now theology, when everyone thinks that the kingdom is already in place, when clearly it's not, but they, they miss the point that, you know, these are evil days, and Mm -hmm. that, you know, John in that same epistle says that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one, 1 John 5, 19. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that Satan is the prince of the power of the air, and he's the god of this age. And so really what what the Luciferian conspiracy is, and again, we'll, we can get into that in more detail, sure. but it's the fact that Satan got kicked out of heaven when he couldn't have the throne, and he said, if I can't have heaven, I'm going to have earth. So he, he is trying to destroy God's plan and uh, destroy the, the seed of the Messiah and destroy Christ himself, and claim this world as his own. Now, we know, because we believe the Bible, that he's already lost the battle, but the battle is still raging from a time perspective, from a human perspective. And God is sovereign. God's, you know, timetable is being played out precisely as he wants it to. And until Christ comes back and takes the throne, uh, we're in for some some rocky times. And it's all leading up to that final seven-year 
a period when Satan and, and will have this final battle leading up to Armageddon and the return of Christ. But mm-hmm. in, in Ephesians, uh, in chapter 6, we just looked at chapter 5, but in chapter 6, Paul reminds us we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, why would he tell us that if we weren't supposed to be aware yes. and awake to this uh, spiritual battle that's going on? Amen, brother. Hey, uh, we've got five minutes left in this segment, and I want to open up a another um, subject. It's really what we've been talking about. You've shared about the Luciferian conspiracy on this podcast before, but you know, as I hear from listeners across the country and in several different countries, but people tune into the podcast, uh, there are pastors that do not address Bible prophecy. There are some who shy away from the Old Testament. There are others who deny the demonic uh, agendas that are happening that to us, it's very clear um, not many use this language or talk about or mention a Luciferian conspiracy. So why is this subject so important, JB? Absolutely. So it obviously it's important because it's biblical, as we've just been saying. The, one of the key passages that we talk about in the book in the first few chapters. By the way, in the first few chapters, two or three, we lay the biblical foundation for the Luciferian conspiracy and the spirit of the Antichrist. And then we get into some pretty edgy manifestations, uh, and mm-hmm. this is where people will be exposed to things maybe that they've not realized before and, and, and understand that the world as they see it is not really the world as it exists. But um, again, the, the book is called Spirit of the Antichrist, the Gathering Cloud of Deception. But Psalm chapter 2 uh, really is one of the foundational passages that exposed the conspiracy, mm. and it's where David says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying. And here's what they're here's what they're saying. David tells us, let us break their bonds there with a capital T referring to the triune God. Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. Hmm. See, there's a conspiracy that involves Satan, his demons and earthly uh, satanic leaders that have been trying for millennia now to destroy God and take over this world. Hmm. Uh, you know, conspiracy, if you look it up, is just two or more people working together to commit a crime or for some nefarious means. And the, the Luciferian conspiracy uh, is, you know, Satan, demons, and human counterparts working together to defeat God. Hmm. Um, I love, there is some good news to that Psalm 2. First of all, God who sits in the heavens laughs, and he, he kind of yeah. scoffs at them. You know, there are scoffers in these end times of God, of Jesus, of, of Christians, but God scoffs at them. They're trying to come against him, right? But there's some good news. He says he has installed his king upon Zion, his holy mountain, and it goes on a little bit talking about Jesus. But uh, we're talking with J.B. Hickson today, and he's got a brand new book out. I mean, it is hot off the presses. It's just released called Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. And it's about 250 pages. But there are, JB, I want to ask you about this. We've just got a minute and a half left. There are 38 pages in the bibliography, all these sources that you documented. This is, I don't know that I've seen this many. Uh, just your, your thoughts on that. It must have taken so much work, extensive research to put this all together. Yeah, so as I was working on this in earnest over the last couple of years, kind of collating all the information that I uh, put together over the last 15 years, I just wanted to be sure that every quote, every reference, Mm. everything was documented so that people could check it out for themselves. And so that bibliography just kept getting longer and longer (laughs) and longer. And I was frankly surprised when I actually put it together uh, just how long it was. But I hope it shows people that you know, not to just believe what I'm saying just because I said it, Mm. but to check it out for themselves. I mean, I I cite presidents and congressional hearings and white papers and leaked documents and all kinds of other books on the subject. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a hefty, uh, hefty bibliography. Yes. And I just want to give people an idea of the contents. Um, You talk about Satan's alter ego, the seven year tribulation period, the Battle of Gog and Magog, Um, Satan's first strike and his primary target. Um, You mentioned the conspiracy theory, conspiracy, which I can't wait to talk a little bit about that. Also, I want to just definitely get to the point of uh, fake news and Operation Mockingbird, 
which I don't believe a lot of people know about. I would love to touch on that. We won't get into everything. There is so much in this research-rich book, but uh, we are going to have JB on at another time and talk about more in this book, Spirit of the Antichrist. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a whole lot uh, coming up next with J.B. Hickson, Not By Works Ministries, on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. J.B. Hickson is our guest today. The book, brand new, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception. So much in here, and we won't be able to uh, tackle uh, as much as we would like in this short amount of time. But, J.B., right off the top, just want to ask you, um, how is what's happening today with regard to the great and growing deception setting the stage for the end times? A lot of people listen to prophecy and, and study Bible prophecy that are listeners of this podcast, and that's a very important topic for them. Yeah, so we believe that the, the rapture is the next great prophetic event that will take place and that it is imminent, and, and we believe the Bible teaches the doctrine of imminency, and that just means that it can happen at any time. There are no prophecies that must occur before the rapture. It is the next prophecy. Uh, and yet, what we can do is follow the instructions of our Lord himself in Matthew 16, when he talked about uh, looking at the signs of the times. So we can we can see the stage being set. If you remember, he rebuked the first century uh, Pharisees and Sadducees uh, by saying, uh, this is the words of Jesus, when it is evening, you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Mm. And so as I went through the characteristics of the Antichrist and began to see the spirit of the Antichrist so prevalent all around us, it just occurred to me that we must be getting closer and closer to the second coming, the return of Christ. And if that's the case, then by definition, that means we're getting closer and closer to the rapture. Now, again, we can't set dates, and we don't have uh, God's inside scoop on his timetable, but we do have a very uh, prevalent, uh, the Luciferians themselves uh, giving us their timetable. And they have said uh, for decades now that they've been targeting the mid-2020s for the end game. And so one of the points that we make in this book, especially in uh, chapter 9, which is probably one of the biggest chapters, I think it's 50 pages by itself, the whole book is 300 pages counting the front matter and the back matter and the bibliography, but uh, chapter 9 talks about big pharma and vaccines and this whole uh, manufactured pandemic and the medical tyranny that ensued afterwards. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we make the case for in that chapter, and I think irrefutably, is that this was all planned uh, by the Luciferians. It's part of their agenda because they've been targeting 2025, 2026, even up to, you know, agenda 2030 as the end game when they want to usher in their one world system and install their man at the helm. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to succeed, right? Because God mm -hmm. ultimately uh, is the is sovereign. Uh, but that's what they want to do. And, uh, you know, that's not a conspiracy theory. You know, you mentioned, I think, before the break, uh, this notion of uh, the conspiracy theory, which I get into in uh, in the book. And I talk about the conspiracy theory conspiracy. Yes, I want to uh, talk about that. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't realize that back in April of 1967, the CIA actually invented the term conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a classified document that uh, was released uh, from a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, in which they said, uh, hey, let's let, we got to find a way to discredit all these truth seekers that are out there exposing the, the truth behind the JFK assassination. And so uh, <laughs> they said, uh, let's, you know, this was part of their psychological operations division. Yeah. And, uh, and they, and it was the clandestine services unit. And they said, oh, let's, let's start calling them conspiracy theorists. And so that term became, you know, here we are 50 years later, uh, and it became a pejorative term that people use anytime someone is out there trying to expose the truth. They'll say, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been called that many, many, many times over the years. But what's funny is when people call me that, they don't realize that they are actually a victim of a conspiracy theory themselves. Yes. Uh, that, that by the CIA, 
you know, trying to discredit people. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a Luciferian conspiracy. We know this from their own writings. We know this from Scripture, and it's simply a uh, a, a, a conspiracy involving Satan, demons, and human counterparts uh, to usher in the new world, the new world order. On page 24 of your book, you've got a great, very simple chart, a graph that has Satan in the top of this triangle, and then an arrow pointing down to demons, and another arrow, arrow on the other side pointing to human agents, and in the middle, it's a Luciferian conspiracy. We forget that important verse that you cited in Ephesians chapter 6, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness, and Satan has demons, and Satan uses human beings. He uses people. We tend to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, I think to a fault, J.B., especially in the Christian church, and we don't want to think people are helping enforce demonic agendas. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why the, the subtitle of the book is The Gathering Cloud of Deception. Second Timothy 3.13 tells us deception is getting worse and worse, and it's Satan's M.O. And so the world is deceived. And, you know, what really makes me so passionate about this, uh, this book and this material is that I was deceived uh, mm. for so long. I mean, I was your typical you know, right-wing evangelical, you know, Republican, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity type, and just thought, you know, Fox News good, CNN bad, and I just was buying the narrative, hook, line, and sinker. And I was angry at myself when I began to, to realize that I had been duped. And, David, I don't have to tell you, because we've talked about it a, a lot, even when you were down here speaking in our church, um, the, the church today at large is just as guilty of being deceived as, as unbelievers are. I mean, mm. um, the church is complicit in uh, either, in some cases, wittingly. I believe that many uh, megachurch pastors are actually controlled agents, mm-hmm. uh, but, but certainly unwittingly complicit in advancing false narratives, yes. uh, you, know, you know, all those types of things. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, Ralph Epperson in his book, uh, The Unseen Hand, uh, calls it the conspiratorial view of history. So, you know, I'm by no means the first person to really expose this, but again, I think what makes this book, Spirit of the Antichrist, unique is that it, you know, it, it comes at it from a consistent, literal, grammatical, historical approach to Scripture. Do you—I th- I think that was one of the quotes. Did you quote him in your book? Yeah, I did. Uh, and that's a great book. I forget when it came out, but uh, it's called The Unseen Hand. It's in the bibliography. Okay. Um, yeah, Ralph Epperson. That's that's one of the quotes I was looking at going, wow, there's just so much. So let's get back to just something practical that we can all grasp, because like I said, some of this, and like you said, a lot of us have been deceived. Uh, we were believing some of the false narratives, and many, thank God, praise God, many in the remnant have awakened, and now we're trying to you know, dig in more, research more, know the truth, and then try to wake up others. But um, simple question, JB, and I think this is like a softball, but you can take it where you want it. So do you, do you, are you convinced we are living in the last of the last days? Yeah, I absolutely am. Again, you know, I trust the Lord and, and His Word, and He may uh, choose to, to have things continue on for another hundred years. Uh, that's certainly possible. We know that Second uh, Peter three nine says he's not willing that any should perish, and so he's he's very gracious and long suffering, and and uh, he's he wants as many people to come to faith as possible. But uh, I can tell you that as you look at the signs of the times, uh, there are very few frontiers left for Satan to conquer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are chomping at the bit to usher in this one world control grid, this political, geographic, and religious system. Um, I mean, we've talked about it, and you've had other guests that have talked about it on your show. Um, and it just seems like the, you know, the spirit of the Antichrist is is so prevalent that it's it's got to be uh, pretty close. Now, you know, in the book, uh, and again, it's going to be a two-volume set, I, I, I narrowed down seven manifestations of the Antichrist, uh, which which are the spirit of pretense, phenomena, pride, power, persecution, perversion, and pluralism. And those were kind of the seven 
big ones that I think characterize the Antichrist's reign in the future tribulation period and are all kind of uh, manifesting themselves right now, as First John tells us. The first book, actually, David, only deals with the first of those seven, the spirit of pretense, and it's all about deception. Mm. And, uh, you know, I quote, uh, I have hundreds of quotes in there, and many of them from the Luciferians themselves, talking about how they want, they're aiming for the mid-2020s as a time to roll out this new world order. Mm. Now, again, that doesn't mean they're going to succeed. Right. And, and I was talking about the 2020s back in, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, uh, when I was speaking at conferences about this stuff. So it's just, it's both uh, exhilarating, yet at the same time terrifying uh, to think that we are really knocking on the door of what, you know, they're trying to do. So one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to succeed in in the short term, and we're going to see the Lord call the church home to meet him in the air, and then all hell is going to break loose on earth during that seven-year tribulation period, or they're going to crash and burn like they have many other times uh, because God's not ready to enter the end game yet, hmm. and and then we're going to you know that's going to be a rough patch too. Um, but there's so much that I, I my brain is just going 100 miles an hour of stuff <laughs> that I would love to to talk about, and a lot of it has to do with America and how they mm. have to uh, destroy America because we're standing in their way. And of course, right now with what's going on, you know, globally with Ukraine and Russia and China, it sure isn't hard to see how very quickly we could be drawn into uh, another war. With a, all it would take is another, you know, Pearl Harbor or Gulf of Tonkin, both of which were. Uh, you know, uh, Hegelian dialectic techniques, you know, purposely designed to get America into those wars. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think we're living in the last of the last days. Amen, brother. Uh, we next time we have you on, uh, Lord willing, if Jesus doesn't return first, we will talk about your massive 50 page chapter on vaccines and big pharma. Such an important topic. We have discussed a little bit about that throughout the, the last couple of years since we had you and other guests on. But you dive into some things, some research and some detail that I hadn't seen before. So I know many of our listeners are going to it's going to be eye opening. So that's a 50 page chapter. We can't do it justice here. So let's go on to something we're talking about that everybody can relate to is fake news. Um, how God not how God, how the government and how the left, I, and I just say left, you know what the left-right paradigm, right? How God uh, is not, or government is not God, but people sometimes put too much emphasis on government and what it can do, and it's, but they're trusting in government when they should be trusting in God. But the government definitely is controlling the media. That's one. Before we get to that point, Chapter 6, I really wanted to touch on Operation Mockingbird, and if you can set that up for us and explain what that is. Yeah, Chapter 6 is all about uh, Operation Mockingbird and the false left-right paradigm. That's the chapter title. And uh, there definitely is a left and a right, mm -hmm. uh, philosophically and theologically and, and in terms of principle. But the problem is the way that has functioned in the United States government is all staged and set up. And uh, I, I make this case, I spend a lot of time making this case in the book, because that's one of the biggest pushbacks that I have gotten through the years when I speak on this subject. We are so conditioned to think in terms of Republican, Democrat, Fox News, CNN, right, left, mm -hmm. that we forget that uh, the, the CIA actually created this false left-right uh, paradigm, and they control the news media. It's called Operation Mockingbird. It's, it's one of the clearest manifestations of the spirit of pretense in this present age. Um, and it was a large-scale operation by the CIA back in the 1950s to disseminate propaganda to the public and manipulate the mainstream news media. Um, and it included print media, TV, and radio. Today, it's still ongoing. And I actually quote um, the former CIA director, George H.W. Bush, who, after the church committee hearings, claimed uh, where they admitted they'd been doing this. I mean, they had thousands of CIA agents on the payroll working at all the top newspapers and media outlets. And, you know, you know, I've got uh, 
I mean, there's just so much in there that we could talk about. You know, Walter Cronkite uh, paying homage to Satan uh, at a uh, CFR meeting one time on the record. Um, So they had thousands of them in there, and they were paying them to write stories and disseminate information. Uh, But George H.W. Bush, once they were called on the carpet about it, said, yeah, yeah, it's we're not going to do that anymore. From now on, it's going to be voluntary. <laughs> In other words, he, he admitted they're still going to do it, but they're just not going to force these media people to, to do it. So it's still going on. And so today it includes not just print media and TV and radio, but it includes social media, uh, online media. And, uh, you know, there have been lots of videos out there that have exposed how even local little podunk stations, news stations, are all parroting the same exact talking points. Amazing. Uh, because they're, they're, they're just part of Operation Mockingbird. It is. And I think most of our listeners have probably seen those videos where they just take little clips of one newscast, another newscast, another anchor, this newscast, this national, this local, and they're all, all literally they are parroting or paraphrasing the exact same point or or thought, and it is absolutely astounding that more people are not aware of this. I, I would love for you, if you have your book there in front of you, JB, page 72. I, In fact, I think you shared this quote on the podcast before, but now we're, we're diving into this chapter. We're talking about these things, and we're going to get to fake news and censorship in a minute. But share that quote by Edward Bernays, please. Yeah, so Edward Bernays is known as the father of modern propaganda. I have a lot to say about <laughs> him in the book. Uh, but um, in this chapter on Operation Mockingbird, I quote his comment where he said, quote, the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. And those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. Mm. And uh, that phrase invisible government comes up again and again and again. I give dozens of quotes uh, where either they talk about invisible government or invisible powers, things like that. Uh, presidents have talked about it. Uh, so it's uh, it's a frequent refrain. But Bernays uh, understood the power of the human mind and how he can get people to, uh, you know, go along with uh, agendas simply with propaganda. The U.S. government hired him to do several campaigns. In fact, it was uh, Bernays that uh, uh, was hired to and suggested changing after World War II. The Department of War became mm. the Department of Defense. And, Interesting. Uh, I mean, that's a huge change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, of course, nothing changed in what we do. We're still an imperialistic uh, government that goes in across the world and overthrows governments and installs our own government. We have 200-some-odd bases around the world, I and mean, we're still very much you know, um, a very uh, a warmongering type of government, which is saying, taking nothing away from the patriotic men and women who've served this country faithfully. I come from a long line of uh, family members who've served our government, and, 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 and I love our government. I'm thankful that God allowed me to be raised in this government, but that doesn't change in this country. But that doesn't change the fact that, you know, there are evil leaders, you know, puppets and pawns in the game of the Luciferians that are, you know, advancing their globalist agenda uh, using our military. You know, everybody's all up in arms about the the horrific treatment of the uh, innocent Ukrainian citizens, women, children. And it's horrifying. I mean, it's just it, it tears your heart out. But where were where were those same people during the during the invasion of Iraq after world after uh, 9-11? Iraq, who had absolutely nothing to do with 9-11, and it was later discovered had no weapons of mass destruction. That was a lie. Colin mm. Powell even admitted it, and he was angry that they made him the mouthpiece at the U.N. when he had you know, been misled with false information. Tony Blair said the same thing. Uh, and yet one million, David, one million Iraqi civilians were killed as a result of that uh, military operation. Mm. And, and But because, you know, they're the bad guys, and go America, rah rah. We got to get those those guys that you know exploded our buildings. You know nobody blinked an eye. So, propaganda is a powerful tool. Yes, and uh, Ever Bernays was kind of a key uh, leader in that. We're seeing a lot of that propaganda today. We're seeing a lot, even when it comes to Zelensky and Putin and that whole thing. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we come back. We're we're going to talk about what you write in. 
fake news and censorship, an important chapter. It affects all of us. Um, if you don't like what they say, just censor them. So we're with J.B. Hickson today, going through little by little, pointing out some of the uh, topics and some of the quotes and some of the content in his brand new book, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, available today at notbyworks.org. More with J.B. Hickson in just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Our guest is J.B. Hickson and the book, brand new, Spirit of the Antichrist. And I want to quote something from page 86. It's Carl Sagan, um, an American astronomer and astrophysicist and an author. And he said this. Now, listen to this quote. Listen to these words. Think about what's happening today and what's been happening in the last several years, friends. And then I'm going to let J.B. Hickson elaborate on this. He said, one of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We become no longer interested in discovering the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It is simply too painful to acknowledge even to ourselves, that we have been fooled. Once a charlatan has power over you, you almost never get it back. Uh, J.B. Hickson, go ahead. Yeah, so that's uh, also in Chapter 6 there where we talk about this false left-right paradigm and Operation Mockingbird. And it's in a section where I actually quote, several, you know, atheists and unbelievers. And I, I after that quote, I, I comment, Sagan was wrong about many things in his lifetime, but he was spot on with that statement. <laughs> and I, I, I asked the question, why do so many unbelievers seem to understand the power of deception and, and understand this principle? Like, you know, Voltaire, for example, said, it's difficult to free fools from the chains they revere. And Goethe, uh, who I quote a couple times in the book, said, none are more hopelessly enslaved than those who falsely believe they are free. Hmm. And so, you know, and then I quote a couple other guys, too. But so, yeah, the, the point is, you know, uh, Jesus clearly said in Luke 5, it's not those who are well who need a physician, it's the sick. You've got to recognize you've been deceived before you can begin to wake up. And And that's what happened to me, you know, some 15 years ago. It was this real shock to my system when I when I realized, you know, uh, that I'd been deceived. And once you've believed a lie, then you're just putty in the hands of the Luciferian co-conspirators. Uh, and so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's part of the, the awakening. If we're going to be prepared for what's coming down the pike, we've got to really kind of break free from these chains of deception and, mm-hmm. and see the world as it really exists. Obviously, through the lens of Scripture, you know, it's got to be in concert with what God's Word says, but God's Word, as I say in the book, makes has a lot to say about this Luciferian conspiracy. And again, if if folks want to check out the book, uh, they could just go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, and I have the entire preface there. I mm-hmm. also have the table of contents, and you can purchase it there, but I, I encourage people just to go to spiritoftheantichrist.org. It is extensive, friends, the table of contents and his bibliography and the research. And hey, thanks for the shout out to JB on page 106 in the chapter on fake news and censorship. You mentioned uh, me and uh, my research of understanding that more Christians and conservatives were being shut down, suppressed, shadow banned, censored. Some of their accounts were deleted, whether it be YouTube, uh, Facebook. It's been absolutely astounding. And just your thoughts on the fact that big, the, the one party big tech media conglomerate has the power, and they're using that power to silence the opposition while allowing one side of the narrative or talking points to come out, and that would be, you know, what's ha- what we call it propaganda. It's communist policy. We're seeing that flat out, and yet we're in America. We're saying, well, yeah, it's just what's where you have to get used to it. That's, that's the new normal now, and I hate those words. Your thoughts, J.B.? Yeah, well, you know, David, I tell people all the time, whenever I think of fake news, I think of David Fiorazzo and Stand Up <laughs> for the Truth. <laughs> but only because you've been out there exposing it, and you've been out there with your book, Canceling Christianity, which we uh, sell at all of our conferences, too, uh, really exposing this uh, really sign of the times. And so I appreciate that. So, yeah, any any chapter about censorship would be incomplete without citing uh, some of your uh, some of your work. But, uh, 
But yeah, I mean, it's uh, I've experienced it uh, firsthand. My friend and colleague uh, Andy Woods uh, emailed me just recently, and he was uh, uh, once again censored. And and you know, it, it's one of those things that it's hard to describe the feeling when one of your videos is banned uh, from YouTube. In mm-hmm. fact, that's the reason on the back of the book we put a little blurb you know, with a, an icon banned, and it says, why did YouTube ban this information? Huh. What is it they don't want you to know? What are they hiding? Interesting. You know? uh, but, yeah, it's just a strange feeling when when you think you're living in America with a free country, free press, and you put out information um, citing reputable sources, uh, and yet, you know, the Internet just takes it down and says, nope, sorry, you, you don't get to have a voice, you know. So, yeah, that's... Uh, we, we explain in Chapter 7, Fake News and Censorship, how that fits in uh, to these end, uh, the lead up to the end times, the end game here, how important it is in America for them to silence anyone who is exposing uh, the truth. It, it's really just an extension or a, a modern contemporary uh, approach to uh, the CIA's conspiracy theory mm-hmm. approach. Uh, you know, they're trying to undermine and discredit people and unfortunately because everyone's so deceived it's it's working in a lot of places yes and you mentioned in the section unprecedented control you talked about right before the release of the book the u.s department of homeland security the dhs uh, tried to further the police state agenda by warning about the spread of misinformation and conspiracy theories well that was in early february And my article last week, JB, was on the fact that the DHS and the Democrats are now defining clear. They're clarifying what it means. Disinformation, misinformation and extremism. Why are they clarifying these things? It's so that they can legally now censor people that they that oppose their policies. It's frightening. But would you like to talk about that section, how, you know, the DHS it, it, and they're talking about MDM, which stands for mis, dis, or malinformation. Yeah, it's it's the new acronym. You know, the government loves acronyms, right? All the different <laughs> alphabet agencies. Well, yes. the DHS has come up with a new acronym called MDM, <laughs> and it stands, as you just said, for mis, dis, and malinformation. And you know, that's that's the thing that I hope people will take away from this book is that. You know, it's all in plain sight. I mean, I'm citing government agencies, congressional hearings and bills and patents and things like that. So it's just, you know, if you're not looking for it, you're not going to see it. But, yeah, the the government has been targeting evangelical Christians uh, for many years. I mean, this is not necessarily new. It's just ramped up like Mm -hmm. everything else. But, I mean, back during the Obama administration, we saw the same thing. Um, And, by the way, just to be fair and accurate, you know, it also happens during Republican administrations. And it was during the Republican first or second Bush administration that so many of our civil rights were stripped away with the Patriot Act. Mm. And uh, that was uh, non-discriminatory. It didn't just target liberals. It targeted conservatives, too. But um, but yeah, just uh, recently, the DHS issued a bulletin in which they're targeting anybody who disagrees with the government narrative about uh, the pandemic or about the election, the, the 2020 election. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing that you would expect to see in China or North Korea uh, or communist Russia mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, which, by the way, communism never really fell. I think by now most people are starting to see that. Yes. But, um, you know, but you would never expect to see that in America. And yet here we are. You know, here we are. JB, we've got about five minutes left, and I want to give our listeners some encouragement, some hope. Um, there's some heavy information in here. It's all, I believe, it, it's very accurate, and I thank you for telling the truth. And it's not popular, as you and I would attest to, but how will this book help advance the message of the clear and urgent gospel in these times? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. I mean, um, the book, at the end, first of all, we do have in Chapter 11 sort of a solution of how to avoid deception. And I go back to Genesis 3 and the, the Satan's MO for deception and how we can recognize it and guard against the spirit of pretense. But one of the most important parts of this book is a, a two-page section at the end called the epilogue. Mm-hmm. And I do this in all of my books because my passion is the clarity, accuracy, and urgency of the gospel. And I, I really do I care about the souls of people, and I want people to come to faith. And so this book, I think, 
has really a twofold target audience. Uh, obviously, we want to wake everybody up, believers and unbelievers alike, so they can be equipped and prepared for what's coming very rapidly. Um, we want to wake up believers especially so that, uh, as I experienced in my own journey, uh, we can begin to strip away the layers of deception and, and really see the the truth about what's happening and look past all the propaganda. But I also target uh, unbelievers, and here's why, here's how. You know, this recent events in the last two years, particularly the pandemic and the election, have caused a lot of people to wake up to uh, some of the deception that's out there. And many of these people are not saved, and yet we have a common ground with them now. We can lament together uh, the rigged election and, and some of these things. And so I think the topics in this book will resonate with people who mm. previously have not been churchgoers, have not you know, believed the gospel. And when they read it, I think they're going to really resonate with the material, and then they're going to get to the end. And in the epilogue, I give a clear Pre, uh, gospel presentation and encourage people to trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone as the uh, uh, only one who can provide forgiveness of sin and, and salvation. Amen. Now, it's not, you know, it's not an evangelistic book in the sense that every page is talking about the gospel. I've written plenty of material and a couple of books about that, mm -hmm. but it, it's a subtle way at the end to just say, "Wow, after you finish this book, what do I do with this?" And it draws people's attention to the spiritual reality of their need for a Savior. Amen. Amen. We know the truth, friends. We're so blessed that we have the truth. We have the Word of God. Uh, it is perfect, and we are just so thankful that God lays it all out. And that's why we're so thankful for the book of Revelation, which uh, astounds me, JB, as it does you, that so many believers avoid, either because it's, it's maybe hard to understand or the, the symbolism or their pastors never address it, but there's so much rich uh, prophecy in there, and there's so much good news, especially the last couple of chapters. There's letter to the letters to the churches, and there's so much that we can get from God's word. And I believe that's where we need to be planted and rooted, established on the truth in these times. You want to wrap it up with the last couple thoughts in the last minute and a half here? Yeah, Amen. I think uh, again, I would reiterate. Uh, you know, don't believe everything I say just because I say it. I really encourage people to study this for themselves. A lot of it's going to be new information. You're going to be startled at first, but I've given you the resources in the bibliography. Check it out. Um, you can get the book at spiritoftheantichrist.org. And, um, and again, uh, pray for us. We, we, we're, you know, obviously understand the spiritual warfare that's at play here. And uh, reach out if you have questions or comments. Um, but I think you summarized it well, and from a biblical perspective, you know, the Bible lays out in plain, simple terms what's happening in God's plan of the ages, and mm -hmm. we're living it right now. Amen. And since uh, it's an extensive book, and it just came out today, first day it's available, Spirit of the Antichrist by J.B. Hickson. We're going to have him on again uh, next month, or either next month or the month after that, we will talk about uh, this, in other words, the podcast part two of diving more into this book. It's so important, guys, because I know a lot of you guys will eat it up because you haven't heard it, especially if you changed churches recently, and you're now going to church that teaches verse by verse through the scriptures as an unashamed of the gospel, preaching the whole counsel of God, talking about prophecy and revelation. But spiritoftheantichrist.org is where you can get the book. J.B. Hickson, God bless you, brother. We'll look forward to our next conversation. Thanks, David. God bless. All right, I just want to highlight some of the guests we've got to wrap up the month here. John Leffler, Stephen Broden, Jonathan Brentner, Dan Fisher, Alex Newman, James Simpson, Andy Woods, and tomorrow, it's former New Ager with a powerful testimony, Doreen Virtue. We've had her on once before. We're going to continue our conversation talk about what she is warning other Christians to avoid and what to look out for. It's very subtle sometimes, friends. Well, thanks so much again. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.